Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer in Iowa presented by Kick It Forward. Kick It Forward is a local nonprofit organization that fosters community through soccer. Among other things, we promote accessibility, diversity, and integration at a grassroots level. Check us out on Twitter at kick underscore forward, on Facebook at kickitforwardia, and online at www.kifsoccer.com. We would also like to thank our generous sponsors, including Scott Insurance Services, Michael Keener, Attorney at Law, and Purple Poppy Boutique. Michael Keener, Attorney at Law. Based in Des Moines, Michael's practice includes trial litigation matters with an emphasis on commercial litigation, personal injury, criminal defense, and issues in the legislature, and Iowa's administrative agencies. Michael is a longtime supporter of Kick It Forward and the work it does in the Iowa soccer community. You can reach him at 515-245-4330 or via email at mkeener at griefsydney.com. This podcast is now distributed on multiple platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to rate and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Hi there. I'm Ben Brackett with my good friend Blake Sievers, and we are here to talk soccer. That's right, Ben. All Iowa soccer, all the time. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. Welcome back to Soccer Talk. I'm Ben Brackett here with my good buddy Blake Sievers. Sievers, what is up today? Like I always say, Ben, it's good to be back in the studio. You know, we had a little hiatus there, it felt like. So uh, back home and got a pretty cool guest coming up. Well, speaking of back home, not only are we back in the studio, but we're kind of back to to our roots a little bit, right? We are kind of where we first started with the Legend series, and we, we're doing the... This is a double pod. It, it, I, would, I mean, there's a lot of things that we're covering today. There, that's true. That's true. But ultimately, as far as our series goes, this one takes a couple boxes. Not only the Legend series, but also Beers on the Table, sponsored by Central City Liquors. And we have like three sponsors affected by this pod directly i know it's uh it's called the holiday pod is what that's called i love it uh so uh blake stopped into central city liquors today and they they took care of him didn't they blake they did our good friend brian duax up there um helped us out tom uh you know was able to find us a little um a little holiday gift for some of our friends as well on the side so they're right up there on second avenue just uh north of university about a half mile and kind of our birdland Birdland Futsal Court neighborhood, Ben. Yeah, if uh, if U.S. Soccer Foundation allowed liquor or alcohol sponsorships, we would have probably had this court done over a year ago. But unfortunately, they do not. Uh, that said, they uh, over there at Central City, they find a way to support us, and uh, we appreciate them. And you got to see Tom today, didn't you? I did. That's always my favorite part. I mean, seeing Brian's always nice, but seeing Tom's my favorite. Tom's, yeah, he was in a good mood, uh, helping the customers out as he always does. And evidently, they got a big day tomorrow. Um, I'm assuming Friday before the holiday weekend. So Brian was a little stressed out, and uh, but Tom was able to take care of us. Well, Tom's got some experience. Uh, but yeah, and then we had Michael Keener in the uh, studio audience today, uh, which, you know, always love having studio audience members and he actually had pretty good etiquette although he was mostly on his phone the whole time he was but he helped us out doing a couple things so he did. Uh, and he actually participated in the pod he did wait and he may have had the most incisive moment of the day probably i mean he really went at, he went he had he went the hardest on any of the questions that we had for sure it made our guest think uh, pretty hard there for i think an i just saw a beat of sweat <laughs> and that's at the end so there's our tease if you guys want to hear what yeah, we're talking about yeah, yeah. you're gonna have interview. to listen to the whole episode folks uh I, I suppose probably in that vein we should just uh get to it all right billy scott welcome to the studio thank you for having me excited you know i got a kind of preempt my first question here what do you think of this studio i like it it's it's cozy uh it's got a nice atmosphere here we got some jerseys on the wall a little bear on this side here but um looks good who's your favorite jersey uh the favorite nickel obviously matt nickel (laughs) no i'm sure matt nickel appreciate the shout out Uh, blake you want to get us started yeah so billy uh 
as you know, since you listened to um, all 50 of our episodes so far, you know what's coming for with you uh, for your first question, and that is, is this your first time on a pod? This is my first time on a pod. And what are your thoughts going in? You kind of shared on I'm a little, I'm a little shaky. I'm nervous what's going to come out of your mouth, Blake. I have no idea what you're going to ask me. So I'm, I'll be reserved, but at the same time, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's go. That's good. You know, we got a special guest audience. Second time we've ever had a live audience here. Um, we'll see of, how his etiquette is. We will. We will. And for those that uh, don't know who's here, it is our good friend, Roy Michael Keener, attorney at law. Dun dun. <laughs> uh, so let's get going with Billy. Uh, Bill, we like to start out after Blake does his ceremonial first question, uh, just kind of getting your origin story. Um, we share a little bit in common as uh, you know, hometown West Des Moines guys. Uh, Valley High. Yeah. So why don't you just kind of give us, you know, tell us about how you got into the game and uh, how it got you kind of where you are yeah today. um so it first started out with juventus uh one of the first select programs in uh des moines and then uh is that it west des moines soccer club? no it or was uh it was kind of it was a concept of ivy united let's, before ivy let's united set the stage there. here what year are we talking here <laughs> we're talking uh, oh god we're talking uh 90 94 93 okay yeah. so, so you are uh, probably this i'm 43 year. So are you a seven without me? I'm a you're... 76. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You look a little older. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> a tough time of year. <laughs> okay, so uh, early 90s, yep. you're talking. So you, you have an older brother. Did he play? No, he did not. I have an older brother and older sister. They didn't play. Gotcha. We started out in uh, the West Wine program and evolved forward. Um, they didn't really have a select program. And then as uh, Juventus came along, joined up with them they had a program for the 74s 5s 6s and uh, 77s who was like talk about who was in that squad so kevin bruising he was in that squad i think he played with ryan mosma at fiu so that would have been someone from the 70 uh, 76s 75s um wow. so uh, matt bobo was involved in that before it got rolling and then i united morphed in and then we all started transitioning over to i united who was so. the juventus coach uh, Victor Valderrama was the Juventus oh, coach. Wow. That was a long time ago. And then he bought, and then he evolved and he went into West Des Moines when they got a select program. What is he doing nowadays? I have, I do not know. I don't know. I haven't seen Victor in a while. Um, question on that, but where did you guys train at? Alabama, like, was six For which, which, uh, which Juventus. club? Uh, Juventus was Tower, Tower Park. Okay. Ooh, nice. All the way out Far there. Side. And then you, uh, Ivy was at Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you grow up, you you transfer over to Iowa United then? Well, we all just we just tried it. out, and then Bill Wagner got us involved, and um, we had a uh, Jr. was our coach for a while. We had quite a few coaches over the course of the time, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good experience growing up, and uh, met a lot of new people along the way, and you know we went to a few tournaments. We had a decent group, uh, nothing special, but I think ultimately when we played into going to high school. Um, we were fortunate because everyone we played club with was at that high school. So as you guys know, that's kind of an anomaly. Usually you've got guys scattered all over when you have a team. So that, that, uh, the comfort level, the, the style of play, everything, it didn't change. So you won a lot of state titles, I would guess, on high school and club stage? Was um, there clubs? Yeah, there was state. Yeah, there was state. Then we go, we go to regionals and get pummeled a couple of times. I think one year we actually had a chance to go through and we lost to uh, Vardar two to one, and they ended up winning it. But you hear those stories all the time, and we just didn't have. I think we had to make a couple subs, and it went downhill from there. So uh, transition to Valley High School. Okay. Um, high school program was in effect then, correct? Correct. Coaches there uh, was disease. Aziz coached you? Aziz oh, did, yep. yep. Aziz has been there forever. He's been there for a so long time. You, did you guys tell us about, a little about your high school career? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. They had the first state tournament. Um, Bettendorf won the first state tournament. It was in maybe 94, 95. And then uh, 96, we won it. Um, and then I believe they won it the year after as well. So we had a, we had a good, group of, good group of guys together. Weren't you a part of the the quote-unquote national champion team? The, the mythical asterisk that's behind yeah. that? Yes, we were. We did actually play a couple other states, um, but they, they did. USA Today named it the number one team in the nation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. who give us some names off that, uh, off that squad. Um, some names on the squad. So Scott Seatman, Rob Peterson, Chris Wimmer, 
uh, Nick Olavencia. We had, um, oh my God, Dale Audie, oh, DJ Audie. Rutger, Nate Sambler. So we just, and that was, a lot of that was the same group that we had when we were playing clubs. So Audie was worked the JV out. coach when I was there. He, Audie was the JV coach. Yeah, that's he right. Great. Now he's in Pella. I think he's, I believe Dale's the AD out at Pella. That's true. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so you had a, a fun, it sounds like, youth experience, it sounds like. Yeah, it was good. It was good growing up, good traveling. We, um, I mean, we weren't exceptional. I think ultimately when you transition to college, you, you meet people that are m- much better, more you know, experienced, and you get there and you're like, oh, we thought we were really good, and there's these guys from all over. So it's, um, I, I think it's a building block, and it's, it's important for the young ones to learn that when they do go away, you know, everyone's good, and you have to find a way to work your way into the system, a piece of the puzzle. So you had a pretty unique experience. You went away to school for your first year. Yep, two years. Oh, two, that's right. Went to Char- uh, Charleston Southern, small school, um, maybe about 5,000 total, suitcase-type college where people would leave uh, during the weekend, so it would be scattered a little bit. Um, good group of guys. Um, Sean Docking was the coach who is now at Coastal Carolina. Um, Holmes knows him very well. Of course. Yep. And uh, how'd you end up there, Bill? Before you kind of get too far into this. Yeah, it was. Um, you know what I think it was? It was Capital, maybe Capital Cup, which is out in uh, Washington D.C. We went out there junior year, and I remember that being one of the big tournaments back in the day. It was one of the kind of like, like the college recruiting tournaments where you yeah. have to be invited to play, and I think you know we got. We got pummeled, I think, one of the games. It was it was horrific. And then we competed <laughs> against Louisiana. I think we won 2-1, to one, and then, I don't know, it was a close game against me and other Southern School, Georgia. But um, it was good. We received a lot of letters afterwards and then um, ended up going out there, wanted to try something new. So it was um, there weren't an overwhelming amount of offers. I think Wisconsin was one of them, which that's where, it's kind of funny, Kareem ended up coming down from Wisconsin to Drake when I transferred from Charleston Southern to Drake. So that was, yeah. How'd you end up, uh, so two years at Charleston Southern. Yep. Um, Talk about how you end up at Drake. So I transferred, um, I transferred to Iowa to just stay in school. Why'd you transfer? Because I didn't know the, Sean Docking was our coach at the time. And I didn't know if I wanted to continue playing. I didn't know if I wanted to uh, move closer and so I went to Iowa so I could keep going to school. And then Sean Holmes had just become the head coach at Drake. Bob Wood had, I think, retired. Sean came in. So Ramona Barber had uh, given us a call and said, hey, give Sean a call. Let's see if we can connect you guys. So I ended up going straight to Drake. Is that um, why the Charleston Southern program ended up folding? Because... No more Billy Scott? Uh, no, I don't think so. But that's nice of you to say, Blake. I appreciate that. Um, no, I think it had to do with uh, probably probably money, I would say. But, uh, so yeah, it was, I don't regret any piece of it. It was great. So you end up at Drake. Sean Holmes, your coach assistant, would be? Bill Keppen. Ooh. Everybody got, has a little Keppen experience. Yeah, can you want to share any kind of stories about Keppy listens though. to these, so he give does. him a little shout. Uh, hi, Bill. How are you? Bill, by the way, Blake and I played racquetball this morning, and oh my god, I almost embarrassed myself. <laughs> oh boy! But I, but I won. I won out. It was okay. Uh, no, I don't really have any great Bill stories. He was, um, he was a great coach, very demanding. Expected, um, expected uh, the best. Um, that's one of the pieces I was talking about. Is when you're when you're going through training, when you're growing up, and your coach telling you everything's great when it really is not. Uh, Bill was a coach that could basically pick you to pieces, and um, it was it was enlightening. Play up up top for Drake, did you? Well, I think at that time we had a uh, we had a lot of underclassmen. So I I think if I remember right, I played in the middle, I played on the right, I played up top, and then I remember Sean one time said, "You want to play in the back?" And I'm like, "You serious? Like, I mean, is this really going to happen?" Well, if you can't, you can. I'm like, no, we'll try it. And I think I was there about four minutes, and he goes, "You're done. You're <laughs> go back somewhere else." So it was um, it was I think it was a learning experience for. When Kareem transferred down, uh, we had a small group of uh, upperclassmen. Eric Wilson was there, still there, who was oh, just man. fantastic. He's awesome. Player. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Dusty Grau. Um, you know, we had a we had a good group. We had a lot of young kids, and um, I don't think I was. I don't think the transition that I had when I went from Charleston to Drake taught me how to 
guide and teach younger, if that makes sense, to like be a true leader. So by the time I was there, I was almost like one of them transitioning nice. around. So it's cool. It's um, yeah, it's it's an experience. So what were you, what was your uh, Drake soccer experience like? Uh, we uh, let's see. I, you know, like you want the most memorable moment when we yeah let's hear that yeah um hmm. but you can share we had some we had some good moments there were some games that we you know came away with and won but there was um you know the creighton game was tough we played one of the last my last game i think was it was at creighton and um if i remember correctly i think maybe their uh their their goalie might have scored on us if i remember correctly mullen was there david wright uh they had so they had quite a mullins group. Yeah, Mullins was there. Uh, David Wright was in the back. Had a long pro career. Yeah, we had, I mean, we were pummeled. It was 7-1. It could have been 25. Was Johnny Torres there? No, Johnny Torres graduated, I think, a couple years before. Yeah, but now isn't he there? Isn't he one of the assistant coaches? I think he's the head coach. Head coach. I might be wrong. No, I think... All right. Okay. So I think I spent most of my time chasing, uh, doing cream, and I looked at each other, and he's like, "Just keep going, just keep running." But as Iowans, we've all done that at some point where we played a game where you're just tumbling. It is. You get down, you're like, man, it's a lot. It is. Yeah. Uh, When you're on the wrong side, then it's very, very frustrating. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. You do a lot of reflecting the next couple of days. Yeah. But um, what did you study? uh, Business. Business administration. How'd that go for you? It went great. Yeah, Drake. So it was it was a lot different. Where if you wouldn't show up for class, the teacher would actually call you and or send a message and be like, "Oh, you weren't in class." I'm like, "Oh, um, my dog had a problem." <laughs> Something. So you you uh, you could tell that they actually, you know, would care about you being there, and and it's good. It was different. So. So then what? Then I mean, you must. You had some. I, tw- sorry, Ben, but you had some playing. You kind of played for the menace in that gonna, time that's period. That's where I was going to go okay. with that. I was. I was going to say Good I remember thing. watching you play for the menace back in the day. Yeah, we played. Um, so when I was at, was that too loud? I'm sorry. No, you're no, okay. no. We have an old school menace jersey. It might yeah. be yours hanging. It on. could be. It could very well be. So what number did you wear? Uh, number thirteen. I think it was number 13. That's nice. why you guys get along. Valley Connection, oh. number 13 connection. Oh, Blake. Here we go. <laughs> I knew it. It's only a matter of time until it started. Um, so had, so two you, years, two or three years playing for the Menace, and then I went out and played for the um, Rapid, kind of like it was a farm team for the Rapids. Sure. It's like um, the Boulder Rapids, right? Yes, it was uh, called the Nova, Boulder okay. Nova. Gotcha. Uh, those games are always fun. That was, I mean, that was back when you guys – was that when – there was the dribble and shootout and stuff when you played. The dribble and shoot, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever get to take one? I did. I take. I took two. Uh, missed the first one and uh, made the second one. So it was, to talk us through that make. How did you like? What was your? I dribble the goalkeeper. Well, chip him. No, the goal. I, I think actually the goalie. Uh, the <laughs> the goalie came running out like a maniac and just went straight by him. And then the first one, um, I was a Larry and thought I would try something I shouldn't have and it didn't work out too well sometimes so that, happens. that does happen but um no yeah it was good it was it was a good group we were a couple of the younger ones a lot of uh Al Driscoll was a head coach so he was kind of like the coach was the player, player coach. as well which was he a player coach or a coach player both which was he first he was coach coach uh, coach player there you go yeah okay. coach player he probably tackled you a couple times in training uh no um, else but no you. Al Al stayed on his feet quite a bit so um, maybe that is just when he was training with us, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll tell you, he was. Um, he he played. He played uh, left back, I believe, and uh, so I was on the opposite side. But so it was good. When, on the menace, there was Matt Bobo, who I played with quite a bit, and it was good because that was a bit of name that I brought up from Iowa United. So it's uh, pretty rare where you get to kind of progress through and then come back and play with someone that you were with. You guys had some local flair back then. Yeah. Seth Mode was on the team. Seth Mode. Seth was awesome. He had the goal scoring record. And then his brother, as a freshman, yeah. Missouri Valley Player of the Year. And so there were probably like five or six guys that played a, a lot back then for the Venice that were local guys. Eric Wilson played. Yes. Well, not a local guy. Eric Wilson's uh, El Paso. Oh, okay. That's right. But local Drake guys. Local Drake guys. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah. a few. Fair enough. So, uh, how was living in Colorado? Was that fun? Yeah, it was good. Um, there were, there were uh, maybe eight of us in a house. Um, we were there for maybe three months, not even. And then I remember I had a conversation with one of the 
coaches that actually ran the program and he just said, you might as well pack you up and go home. I'm like, that's great. Thank you. That's exactly what I needed. So I stayed for maybe two more games and then we kind of made our route through Kansas and then went straight home after that. Started working right away. So yeah, then talk about that. So you, as you finish up your soccer career, yep. uh, I know you obviously you've stayed involved in the game. Um, did you start working straight away in the family business? Started working right away. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wanted to coach. Uh, insurance allowed me to uh, coach at night or uh, peel away and do things during the day. Uh, you set your own schedule, and we, we evolved into creating our own business of Scott Insurance, which uh, really started in uh, 03. I started working in 01, but 03 is when we changed, changed the name and the dynamics and then ended up... Uh, buying a building and moving forward after that. So it's been great. The kids, I've got three boys and uh, coached them off and on. My oldest, uh, sadly, has uh, turned away from soccer, which is difficult for me to cope with. Or I was going to say, uh, you know, this is a, an episode that's doubling as a legend series and beers on the table. So that means we, we're going to ask some questions. I, I figured that they were coming eventually. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just curious... How did that? How's that whole thing going for you? Because I know Caleb's a Caleb's a pretty decent little player. And he certainly good was, athlete. Yeah, certainly great not, athlete. Great athlete. Certainly not what do you a expect? bad player. Why? Exactly. I mean, it comes from good stock. Good stock, right? But, but how do you? I mean, I know Caleb. I mean, you. I you helped. You helped him a bit yes, and, uh, you were very helpful. He enjoyed it. I think ultimately he got done with it, and um, maybe I I wanted him to play more than he did. And yeah, that's um, fair. I mean, that's yeah. What we talked to a lot of different parents who. Who yes, deal with that. And so what? And so like now with with the other two, do you just sort of pretend like it's not a big deal and see what uh, they do? You know, or they I just want to be like Caleb. No, I think I probably should have listened to Gretchen, and she just said calm down at the very beginning, and ultimately, you know, the voice of reason. As you said, that's me. probably like just your advice thing. in life, just like listen, listen to Gretchen. To, listen yeah. to Gretchen. That's yeah. usually what I should probably do, but I I think Welcome I pushed <laughs> I pushed a little too hard maybe, and um, he was great. He's a great athlete, and I just. Um, I want him to enjoy what he's doing, and I think he's there now. He wasn't there when I was, you know, harping at him and everything. But um, I think parents go through that no matter what happens. So the other two, to answer your question, the other two, I I stay back a little bit, but I help with their rec program and yeah. You've kind of been on all sides of uh, after you got done and had kids. You've kind of been on all uh, all levels of the soccer spectrum as far as coaching, board level. Yep. Yeah. Administration side. So give us a little uh, rundown. Kind of how you, where you started? Did you start before you had kids? As soon as Caleb got old enough? Yeah, I started. Um, I started coaching. I started coaching in maybe '01, we'll say, when I, you know, was done playing, and it started out with a select program. I had a great group. It's as you guys know from coaching, it's difficult to have a good group of players and parents, and it's a quality group. And we had a couple of those, which was Ben's age and yours, 84, birth year, you're 83 maybe. 84, no, you 84, 84, once. birth year. So I had Attack, which is pretty similar to your guys'. It's right in your age group. It was exactly our age group. It there was it the is. team that we knocked off when we were U14, one state um, cup, right, Ben just, Ben, here we go. How did regionals go? Who did you play? How did it go? Did you go through? I think one regional that went to with you were our coach. We got pumped into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Justin McGee, uh, I think, had a family oh, event come no, up, and that was that was dreadful. And then Blake strangled the their goalkeeper. But um, well, did you get sent off? No, no. It was. Uh, yeah, I think the ref was overwhelmed and let him. I remember him go, I but... scored a free kick in that tournament, which like never happens. That so was, like my only highlight. They were. Uh, it was bad. When I started, I had a good group. They, you know, a couple of good groups. Storm as well. Remember Storm? They were a girls them. team. Yeah, with JP. Love JP. We had a we had a great time coaching teams together, and I enjoyed playing for you and, and JP. I, it was a good combination. Yeah, you guys you guys had a there was a yin and yang for sure. You enjoyed playing for them too. The Velociraptor, Black absolutely. So then like what you left, then uh, where Dennis kind of came in, and <laughs> I I. I Next question. Anyways, next question. Okay, so you get into coaching. Um, give us like, give us more. Sure. Detail yeah. So um, much more organized. We had a lot of directors of coaching throughout time at West Des Moines. Uh, West Moines board coach. this time. Yeah. I am on the board still at this time. Though. Yep. I'm sorry. Pre, uh, when you're ta- telling this story. No, no, here. no. Okay. So starting in 01, progressing forward, coaching teams off and on. So I can't remember all the names of the teams, yep. but whether you're head coach or assistant coach, and then we had our own kids. 
and I started helping them. So I would do less and less for the club. But now, um, board, board position, director of properties, which is, which is great because I know very little about properties, uh, which means the effort level is, is less. And it's volunteer, so there's no pay. It's just uh, extra, extra time. But you guys must have a lot of properties, the director of properties. No, it's, uh, it's Hidden Valley. It's Hidden Valley. So North director of property. Oh, property. And, and Raccoon. Okay. Yeah, okay. so there's properties. There's two. Actually, there's three. So, so you've gone through the spectrum, though. You've, uh, you've been the Parent, coach. Yeah, executive, executive director. director. Yes, I'm sorry. I skipped over that. Thank yeah. you, Ben. So you, so you even, like... You were part of the the merger of Sporting Iowa. Uh, kind of. I mean, I, mean, I the was there during it. I mean, yeah. Gareth was uh, Gareth was the director of coaching, and then I was the executive director. And the board had you know needed someone to kind of take things off Gareth's plate so he could get things done. And then he evolved and moved forward to Iowa soccer, and then Ross took over. He kind of uh, you know evolved into it was natural. He just progressed into that spot, and I I resigned just simply because I was too busy with the kids and too busy with work. So then, and then the merger happened. After that, the merger happened. Yeah. Started small, started with younger ages and then evolved uh, into the older. Yep. I was, I coached that first team with, I was the Western one coach that merged with uh, Ozzy and the Johnson team. Okay. It was like, what age group was that? I think there were 96s. It was like, uh, my my Western Wine boys are like Sam Steenhook, Garrett Culligan. All right, same of the guys that come out. All right. Yep, and then the Johnson group was like Tristan Coldrake and Luke Johnson and Elvier. Okay. Elvier was on that team. Good group. Yeah, they were very good, especially yep. when they merged. But it was a it was a process, for sure. That's great. The B team was very good. That was my that was my bread and butter right there. So who was the coach with you? Did you and Ozzy? That was it. Okay. Ozzy was the first team coach. I was the second team okay. coach. Okay, and that was one of the first ones. Yeah, the well, fir- it was the first one. Well, now it's evolved into all the way down to uh, U11. So it's all the age groups now that are sporting. Yeah, so what do you, uh, here's, here's another beers on the table question. You know, like, let's take a few steps back. Prove it. What, what, what do you think about this whole thing? I mean, it's just everything that's going, going on with soccer in Iowa right now. So, because we've, we've talked to a lot of people. Uh, basically, the consensus, Blake, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, collaboration, right, is one thing that people like to see more. And they'd also... Uh, competitions, the other one, sort of what, how, how does it need to change? Could it change? It needs to be better. And how do you do that? Okay, but, so let me ask you a question back before well, I answer mine. Ooh, he's yeah. going on the offensive. All right. Front foot, Billy So Scott. ultimately, what's the goal when you're playing? Tell me. I, I prefer Older to win. age groups, I would I win. say. I like so, to win. I like to win, too. Everyone likes to win. So this is part of my hypothesis on soccer is just that the reason that we don't have great teams in youth ages, like okay. especially not we, just Iowa, I mean, United States in general, it's because we've taken such an emphasis off the competition and it's all on development. And instead, like you look at, like the reason that I was any good and you, I, I assume that you would uh, corroborate this based on our experiences together. Uh, the reason I was any good is because I was super competitive. So very. Not necessarily that I was a great soccer player, but I was a very, I hated to lose so much, like to, to a fault. You were a good soccer player. Right, and I but, think the competitive piece of it, I think, is um, you, you, eventually when you hit the age group of maybe 14s, you, you, you want to start winning. And uh, you, can only, you can only sell to the parents and you can only talk to them so long and say, it's, it, it's, uh, the, you know, we're working on it. We're, we're shuffling. We're, we're doing this. But ultimately, you want to win. And the ultimate goal is to get the best players in the field together and develop them and, and then not forget about the other group. That doesn't always have to be about the top team. Um, there's still a there's still an element of another team or two that they need training and they want to compete and they might want to play in college and keep playing after that. So um, I think the organizing I like I like the piece of the equation where you're organizing it to get the best players together collectively. But I think uh, it's going to take some time till we figure it out. And there's really from what I've learned, there's no right answer. It's just uh, every team is different, every age group is different, and you can't treat them the same. You can't have a template that says, here's what we're going to do for each and every age group because it won't work. You have to modify it based upon the group you're dealing with. You play the cards you're dealt. You can't modify it. I mean, it's just, it's, you have to be able to adjust, and that's, I think that's a difficult piece that's being sold right now. Right, so then that's where the, like it goes back to the collaboration thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it does. I enjoy it. I mean, I think it's I think it's needed, 
I just don't necessarily think that it needs to be done all the way down to the younger. And, and it happened, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, if it works, great. Who am I? I'm just some dude that doesn't matter. I was a soccer, right? I was I was soccer it, legend. Was soccer I love legend. it. God, that's great. What, uh, what would you, if there was one thing in a perfect world, soccer in Iowa, you can take it wherever you want. Build youth, adult, pro, whatever you want. What would be something you would like to see? Not happen or happen? Yeah. Something. Ooh, I like okay. that to not happen or happen. All right. I think, honestly, um, we have too many clubs. There's kids too many. There, we have just, we have too much going on. I think there's got to, I'm not saying consolidate everyone. I'm just uh, simply thinking that there's too many options to stretch all the kids out based upon the number of kids that are playing. So, Jayhawk, Urbandale, JUSC, West Des Moines, Waukee, Aiken. So, question. Yeah. Uh, is it that there's too many clubs or is this the, the ability to move at free will? Or with free will, you know, so like I, I, I at will, at will, and with free will, both of those things. So if I want to, if I play for VSA one season and then it doesn't go well, I can be like, see ya, going to Ankeny. Right. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Or, well, I, I mean, I, I'm just asking if that has something to do with it, too. No, I, I see what you're saying. I think it does have something to do with it, but I, I, I think when you make your decision, you're stuck for a year and the kid has to commit, and that's the deal. That's the parents, they want to, they want to shop. That's part of the deal. Um, when I say there's too many clubs, I meant for not just rec, but academy and select, everything. I just think there's too, there's too many clubs. Um, or too many levels, too? Levels, what do you mean? Like, should there be rec, classic, competitive, select? I think they're trying to find a way to make things even or actually where you compete in a game. You have a classic team playing against a rec team like it used to be, you lose 10-0. I mean, the kids are shattered, they go home, and they're done. And they play that still happens. Xbox for six hours. Well, that happens all the time. That's great. But then the feeling, they're done. They quit. So I think ultimately what they're trying to do is create something where they're competing. They have a 2-0 game, 2-1 game, 3-2, something. Um, clubs is where I was focusing. There's just, I think there's too many for the number of kids that we have. And, um, I, I mean, there's, it's not necessarily the end of the world. I just think, uh, you know, eventually we'll have another one that comes up. And They aren't going away, are they? No, they're not. And that's fine. I mean, fine. one did, but for some different reasons. You know, the menace went away for different reasons than, right? than uh, you know, it's not like they lost all their c- customers. No, they kept, I think uh, the coaches kept the teams together, and ultimately that's what you want. You want the kids that are comfortable playing, and some of them were state champs, and they stayed together. Yep. And I think they just uh, won again. They did? Yep. Jairus U16s, maybe. Yep. So you keep those groups together. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to, like, if you think about, you know, when you were coaching attack, uh, that group started as a decent little group, but over the years they just kept sort of like gathering players, and eventually by the time you know you're coaching the team and we're 18, it's like yeah, you know it was a pretty strong group. It was it was a very good group, and it didn't have anything to do with the fact that we developed the kids along the way. You're completely right. We added pieces that made the team a lot better. Yes, we did a few things that helped over time. Right, you work with the kids three days a week, you're gonna they're gonna get better over time, and they're doing things on their own. Not all of them, maybe some of them. <laughs> but you add a few kids to a team, that makes a difference. Like you, you went and played for that team over in Omaha. Didn't you guys win nationals? We won regionals. Oh, you're the greatest. So we could have used you, that, you adding the, you. You're a national to champion. Adding I've you, never been a national mythical. champion. Adding you to the attack team. Blake's an helped all-American. Helped quite a bit. Academic all-American. You're no, Bill, you're exactly. Yeah, exactly I mean, you get a couple right. kids added in, and, and, and it makes a big difference, so. I think ultimately that's my that's my point, is you asked me earlier what you know what does it take? Well, you have to be able to have someone that can sell it, which is the one of the most difficult parts, and you have to be able to get collectively the best group of kids on the field. But sometimes, for certain age groups, it has to be approached in a different way. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're customers, right? Every customer. I mean, just like in the business world, every account you have and the insurance is a little different. Very true. And you can't just sell the same policy to every single no it has to be has to be tailored to your target so talk about your professional life uh you've been fairly successful i think like at least you can 
uh, you've got a family you can take care of them and yeah uh, you see your business seems to be doing well enough so uh, how has soccer sort of translated into being a business owner and you know doing what you do I think that's kind of an interesting thing a lot of community um, a lot of our clients are, are ones that are, whether I've coached their kids or I've worked with them at one point um, you've had individuals that have worked at you know corporations like EMC we had uh, the Hovix um, Kevin was, was there and um, Michael was his son and so you meet people along the way and um, that has helped quite a bit but I mean having your having your staff um, do things and, and productive helping you along the way is key and, and you're only as successful as the people that are working around you very similar to the field Sure. Yeah. I'll say you are the best insurance agent I have ever had. I mean, the only agent that you've had, Blake. That's all right. You're still the best. I love it. That's great. So I would, I would uh, echo that sentiment. Rates are going down, by the way. Yeah, I've heard love that. It. It's the first time I've ever heard that. I don't know that. <laughs> we'll see if that works. If you st- if you stop hitting things, they they would go down. But I mean, no, 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 not you personally. I just mean in general. Uh, oh, somebody this like a little freedom of information request or something. I thought be- this like- was beers on the table. Yeah. I thought. <laughs> was it? Am I not in the circle of trust? Is this not? Not the tree. No, this isn't the house with I don't the. Know. Okay. I don't know it's a glass house. Okay. <laughs> You're throwing stuff. <laughs> So you still play a little bit too now. A lot. Yeah, it's not like it used to be. I, there's so many things I want to be able to do, and then your body won't let you do it. Well, so you said you're 43. 43. It's impressive. That, I mean, you play, I would say, on average, once a week. Um, yeah, once a week. On I, average. You know, we, there are days where you, or weeks where you probably play two or three times. Yeah, some, in those days I can't walk for a couple of days and move around. Oh, Blake's giving me some kind of look. Um Usually, usually our guests turn their uh, phones on silent. That was your phone. So, yeah, play a couple of times a week. Um, Saturdays is great. I enjoy that. Probably it's it's fun. Getting up and now is tough with the kiddos. If Caleb has an overnight and I'm up and watching them, it's it's hard to get up and peel away. But oh, is that fun? Why is that funny? It sounds like a lot of a lot of things to be worried about. Okay, thank you. So that's basically you saying BS. So um, I enjoy the Saturday mornings. Uh, on a team with some friends that started last week and we played, that's when I saw you, you were walking out of the sporting facility. Yeah. And so we started playing together and it so was like good. Scott Seaman on that. Yes. Team. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So Rob Peterson was on there. Scott Seaman, the how, uh, Billy Howe from, they're all at JUSC. So they're on, they live over in Urbandale. Okay. Nice. So it was good to play with them again. And, um, you know, you I just try to keep moving. That's funny though. Those are guys you grew up playing with. Yep. And then I'm sitting here playing. I was going into play with kids that I used to coach. They yeah. Were like 21 and 22. I know. 22 makes, and 23. I know. Oh, man. It's full circle. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the beauty of this, which this is actually great. Since we love segues, one little thing we wanted to make sure we talk about is the uh, the fact that you're sponsoring our big kick forward tournament this weekend. Yes, I was uh, happy surprise. to see that. <laughs> A little surprised, but I mean, I'm happy to do it. It's presenting a, sponsor. Presenting is, sponsor is Billy great. Scott's yes. is always giving. I'm, I'm excited to hear what is next that's going to come out of your mouth about some kind of commitment or something. But no, I'm happy just, to support the program. Uh, I know. was just going to talk about how cool it is to bring the community together. On. Absolutely. And, and, and it seems like, I mean, you mentioned that that was the first thing you talked about when you uh, compared your... You're, you related your soccer to your business is just community. The, the sense of community and I think that's the reason that we do the tournament this little uh, kind of like holiday tournament we're doing this Saturday December 21st specifically December 21st I screwed it up on, on the invite <laughs> uh, but we do it just because it's like it's super fun to see all these people so like Billy's going to play uh, but then there are going to be kids that are you know playing in college that are showing up just at home and want to kick it around. So we'll probably get destroyed by those guys. That's okay. That was fun. The year we played Cole Poppin and that other kid that just completely destroyed us. But, I mean, it was all right. It was a good group. No, that was the year no that major... Matthew Holmes won the Golden Boot over Matthew Elvira. Holmes did win the Golden Elvira Boot. Elvira now playing professionally. <laughs> did not win the Golden Boot. <laughs> Both that, living abroad, though. That was the first annual, wasn't it? It was. That was the first one. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, anyway, so super fun that you uh, supported us the way you have, and we really, we really do appreciate it. Thank you. Happy to do it. Good. I'm very so happy to do it. We're not trying to shuffle you out of here. I'm sure, sure we have, I just more have questions. One, I got one more, just like ooh, a little meatball. <sighs> no, it's like yeah. beers on the table. Five years or? from now, so it'll be 2024. 2020? Maybe. But it's just jump to 2026 World Cup. Okay. It's being hosted in the United States. All right. Um, soccer scene in Iowa. 
what will have changed? Your, what's your prediction? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. On the spot, too. Very, very good question. Uh, I don't think a whole lot. I hope the numbers go up, the number of kids that are playing, like they have been. Um, I, I think the biggest thing, I know we talked about the number of clubs, and I think for the competitive edge kids that are going from select to college is, um, you know, be uh, mindful of accepting outside in, uh, outside coaching, outside things in your mind. You want to be able to, you want to be able to bend. If you're not willing to learn. Be coachable. Yeah. If you're not coachable, it's going to be a problem. And that was one of my biggest uh, struggles is a coachable, being a coachable player. You, Cause you're, you think you're great. And then all of a sudden you're not, and you get told how to do things and where to move and other positions. And that's probably one of the biggest things I could say for the, for the players that want to continue forward, be, uh, be open. How about to, for parents? For parents? Nice. Yeah, give some parents advice because there's quite a few that listen that some are in the same kind of situation yeah. where they yep. played. Some are completely new. Some have kids of all sorts of ages. Um, ben, do you want to kind of piggyback off that? You go with it. All right. Um, if I mean, if I had to back up and do it over again, I, I tried to go outside and do things with Caleb and and – just from my own experience. And I think ultimately I got too involved and too tracked into the fact that I was pushing him in a direction that he might not have wanted to go. Was it part of it like you're saying, so if, if Caleb was saying, hey, Dad, let's go let's go pass in the backyard. I'd take it a step further and we'd be out there instead of for 20 minutes, we'd be out there for an hour and we'd go work on passing, shooting, and yeah, uh, I mean, it would be too much. Session. And yeah. yeah, it'd be, and then he'd be like, I'm ready to go inside now. Like, what are you doing, Larry? Yeah. yeah. So it'd be so it'd be partially, you know, like let the kid yeah. guide himself or herself. A little bit, or you could listen to your wife and and back off a little bit, which probably should have done. But um, he's at a spot now where he's happy, and I've got two others that are going. So I'm I'm gonna learn from that and and um, you know, not be that guy. But it's it's tough. I think it's difficult for parents, especially ones that have played, that want to. And maybe it was better for the. You know, my dad not knowing anything about soccer, just being like, go outside and do something. That's Get out there and be somebody. That's you interesting because you are not the guy on the sidelines, though, shouting, being demonstrative. I don't understand. So, like, you're saying just kind of how the story's kind of being, how you're talking. Is yep. like you're, you were, um, quote, too demanding, but you are not – for our listeners, you were not the parent on the sideline shouting the entire game. And no, like tell them it's just that's just like no, you 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 were quote demanding in a different way than that mom or that dad that doesn't shut up. You know what you know that we it's all know that like dad. Or that mom. It'd be during the game, like the games that would go on. I wouldn't say anything yeah. from the sideline, but it'd be more. It would be more a consideration of dad. Let's go outside and do something, and then I'd take it way too far, and it would uh, it would get blown out of proportion. But the you're, you're kind of evolving into the sideline, the sideline no, parent he, thing, which is great. Oh, I love Bill, that. He's, no, he's I just trying it. to point out that you're. Yep. I know, no, no, I get it. I mean, yeah. Despite being a little, maybe you're claiming to be overbearing. Like there are people or parents that can take. Oh it to a yeah, whole other yeah. Level and you are yeah. for those people, those listeners that don't know you, or who you are. You're not the that guy. No, that's no, not to no, say no. that he's not sitting there, like chewing on the side of his yeah. cheek or whatever. No, but, there'd never yeah. be a game. I mean, Caleb was close by. I might say something to him like, "Take it down, control it, find somebody's feet." You know, yeah. something simple, never yelling, never shouting, you know, n- nothing out of control. Um, but it was more, it was more, um, should have listened to probably some people saying, you know, take a step back and you know, let your kid develop on his own. I'm let on, the coaches do their job. I'm on fire right now, but how about some advice for club uh, board members slash administrators since you've filled that role as well? What have you learned? Oh, it's been a, it's been a ride. Um, you meet a lot of great people on the way in the board position and they're keep in mind guys they're volunteers it's a lot of time it's a lot of things where people come to meetings and complain there's a hole in the field on field six get some dirt let's fill it i'll meet you out there i'm too busy well what am i i'm busy too so it's it's um it's a group of truly volunteers that are trying to make things better um Best advice I could say is get in, you know, get on there for the right reasons and don't try to do it to better the improvement of your kid's experience because it's not going to work. Best thing I could say. Do you, th- 
obviously the, because these are nonprofits and whatnot, some of them, there, there are boards are required. Um, it's always interesting that there's always a lot of non-soccer people on these boards. And there's a, you know, one of the things that's out there that you hear is, oh, the board is, you know, detriment. So what's your, uh, yes, you guys, boards are nice people. They're volunteers. Most of them are in it for the right reasons. However, sometimes they, I think I'm speaking for quite a few of the coaches, they can be a detriment, a it's hassle, a, it's difficult a barrier to deal with. Sometimes, Yeah, right? absolutely. That's what you're yeah, saying. Is yeah. What's your reaction to that? Because you have a difference. Because you know you've been in soccer, but there are people that you have served with that just like me being on the board for my kids wrestling i don't know a thing about it but i'm trying to help out you're on the board for the no i'm not but if i would but instead of shutting up i think i know the best thing to move a wrestling program forward i I just see you sitting there talking about how your kid's an upper body specialist and he likes to get in there and grapple and they're like uh we're trying to figure out how to progress this (laughs) greco-romans style (laughs) you know that's a tough that's a tough one to answer i would say um you know, you, the board needs to be able to give people what they need, not not necessarily always what they want. And if you have if you have a group of board members that will do anything that you want them to do, yeah, they'll all all those things will get done. But then in you know two three years, if the staff all leaves and there's a new staff in, you know, uh, what are you left with? Don't and on that note too, like you've got the business acumen. Yeah. sometimes some of these other people don't. No, that's true. And some of these board members are leaders of companies. We've had great board members over the years. Kevin Lentz, Brad Wagner, you know, Scotty's dad. Um, yeah, I mean, Andy it. Pappas down at the field every other night. Just fan. constantly working. John Breed, yes. We've had great board members. People, Mike Hobson, people that have spent hours of time. Um, Since the beer's on the table, let's talk about the bad ones now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do. That. I'm not going to do that. That's hilarious. That you just brought that up. Um, Keep going though. You're talking about. Yeah, that you know, it, ultimately, you want a, a group that can work together, and you don't always get that with a board. Coaches want boards to approve everything, and that's not going to happen. It's just not. But their job is to act in the interest of the entire club, and then, and and sometimes it doesn't always work out what the coaches want, and and other times it does. And so that's why the frustration lies in because they're like, yeah, I got two yeses and now I know. Well, there's a reason. And, and um, I think there's, there's al- no ulterior motive behind that a lot of times. But uh, it's, the board, I think, has a purpose. Now, if you're asking me a general question right now, your question was, do I think every club should have a board? I think it's exactly the same question as the one you asked me about teams and templates, and it just depends on... It's. I think it depends on the club, and it depends on how things are structured. I don't think every club should have a board. Well, you're proving to be a generalist. Okay. So let me All ask right. you one That's more question. Great. Ask, me, getting heated. I like ask me a direct question then. Get a little defensive now. Oh, <laughs> now I shouldn't have said that. Well, your breadth of experience uh, within the game is significant. So uh, as the director of properties... There's a lot of real estate movement in the game right now, right? So you've sure. got uh, the USL Pro yep. Stadium. You've got the Drake Des Moines Public Schools Stadium. You've got the county project, the, ex- the county expansion the expansion project. of fields. Yep. Then you've got indoor facility Recplex. You've got indoor facility uh, Sporting Bluffs. Iowa East. Metro Fieldhouse deal. You've got Council East Bluffs. One. Yep. You've got Eastern Iowa. Eastern Iowa. Um, they're popping up all over the place. What do you what do you think about that? And is it enough? Do they need more? Um, and then you know, and then wait, yeah, let's just go with that. What do you think about facilities, director of properties? Well, so the first thing I think about is regionals. Us host director of properties. That's great. This is hilarious. The man of wears many hats. It's true. So um, properties. Let's see regionals. We've hosted it a couple times, right? So they won't come back to a city that doesn't have enough fields to host it. So I get that piece of the equation where county needs to expand. Do you think that hosting regionals was a good thing? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I do. Continue. Okay. Um, nationals. We hosted nationals at county as well. And they, you know, they wanted the fields cut in a certain way. And I think they tried to accommodate that. And you had teams coming in from all over. And for those of you listeners that don't know, nationals would be all over. Everyone. Texas. All the way up. And they're like, oh, it's too long. Like, the shortest we've ever seen it. 
Um, you know, indoor facilities, we need a place to train. There's only schools. So do I agree with that piece of it? Yep, I do. And I think the money that they're bringing up from tournaments and things they're doing uh, will make it work. So I, do I agree with it? Yes, I do. The expansion of it. More or less. So, mo well, not less, but more? More. 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 Why? Are you saying that there's too much? No, I want more. Okay. I'm with you. I'm All just right. asking. I, okay. I, I like that. What do you think about the pro thing downtown, the USL pro thing? I'm just looking up at our... I we have see. a clip of it up on the, the wall, All right. which is funny because not only does it talk about the new soccer stadium, but there's also like a bunch of obituaries that are... <laughs> next right on the next same page. Page. Disturbing a, a little, little bit, too. A little more. <laughs> but what do you think Those are people that? that are buried under there. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think it's great. I think Kraus leading the way on it's going to... He's, he's proactive. He's going to want to make it happen. He's He's always been someone that's wanted to see things happen and he's going to be in there making it happen um what is it six thousand person six thousand so i mean that's that's great i i, I hope it goes through I, I, yeah does he have others involved support i mean we haven't seen much of that but i, I was just curious if you were you know where's some people some people aren't for it which you know so, so that, I mean, on this note being a drake alum um I think our um, our other sponsor is uh, is running a quick errand for us, so thank you, Michael. <laughs> so being a Drake alum, the yeah. other stadium, um, you want to talk about controversial? There we go. Okay. So that, um, that was part of the part of the conversation was that Drake and Des Moines Public Schools would be involved in the, the Des Moines Pro. Stadium. And obviously, I'm and biased. It's, not. We're, it's something well, that's. Then they came out and said, "Hey, we're going to do our own thing." So I'm biased because how cool would it be as a Drake student athlete right. or a Drake student right. going to watch the men's and women's soccer teams play games on campus. That'd be great. Complete game changer, I think. I think so. I think we had, when we played at Drake, that spot I know was kind of beat down a little bit, but it was a great spot for people to actually come watch the game on campus. Well, then it becomes one of those things like, if you're winning games, people will come watch you play. Of course. And that's a piece of the equation as well. Unfortunately, that wasn't our piece of the equation. Yeah, well, so, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh, whoops! Play we need the so. Uh, um, we need the video I, for this. I, I would hope that they would find a way to work together, so they didn't have to try to do two separate things. Um, I haven't really been, to be honest with you, I haven't been following it very close. I I don't know. It's too busy running the world. Well, insurance. I think it'd be both. cool to have two stadiums. Could you? I, mean, I agree. Do we really need two stadiums? So, okay, more. so here's, here's this more. Is, this is the questions we're asking. Yes. I think the answer is yes. Okay. I do too. All right. Okay. What do you think? Well, let's see. Drake's played where? Drake's played, we played at Drake when I was there. And, and then we were, we, well, we were in Hidden Valley, Valley for a while. Oh, that's true. I that's like right. We had lights play. up at Hidden Valley. Yeah. Um, have they ever played at Valley Stadium? Yep. Valley High School they have. Yep. So, I mean, Here, they've moved around. So, so, did the men or the women played at Simpson College this year? Okay. So, you have a lot of movement. How many programs do you know that move like that? Right, so that's why having a stadium on campus would be great. I think it would be great. But, but the uh, the menace should not play at Drake. Okay, well. So they should play downtown, which is also great. I think that is. I think the more, like I said before, more. 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 Good. Good. Not deviating. All right. I, I see what's going on. I know what's, Consistent I like this. messaging. I like this. From One word Scott. to sum up this interview. More. More, exactly. Uh, so, Blake... I'm sort of running out of things to hit him with because he's he's just he's been very he's he's like a who is the oh Cole Vincent one of the kids that we interviewed was like like he'd been media trained every he had the best answers very so my, like this yeah right my now. last we can't trip last him up. question for I'm ready you. for a more difficult question actually right. <laughs> um, oh, you no. really want to go there oh, yeah no. uh, what is your uh, advice for coaches dealing with boards dealing with parents dealing with kids anything for some of these coaches we hear all the time these coaches they're really busy they, sometimes they get overwhelmed they're complaining yeah. about parents give some of them some advice um you know one of the biggest things that um that i noticed in the transition of coaching for several years to not would be the new coaches coming in would have a, a almost like a piece of paper printed off of here's our template for the day and it might be, uh, you know, study that template or, you know, use experiences that you've had when you played and don't bring that piece of paper out and read it line by line. You know, um, it, every group that you work with can't strike the ball 20 yards, so you might have to modify it. 
you might have to think for yourself a little bit and figure out a different way to do it. So that was one of the biggest things I noticed on my, on my exit is, uh, which is fine. I get it because they're new coaches and they're younger and they don't quite know how to do it. Um, but it would be probably doing a little more study as far as what you're given and then figuring out a way the group that you have, can they actually do the things that they're requesting? Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. I like it. That's good. No, not, not a lot of hard questions this time. That's kind of good. I'm excited. I'm happy well, about that. We can, we can ask more questions if you want. I'm ready for anything. Can I answer anything? How, you do, you, how do you stay so calm under pressure? Like you seem like just a very calm guy. What, what, um, what part of your psyche and makeup is, you know? Well, it's medication, usually. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually a lot of medication before you come in. Uh, no, that one, <laughs> that one's terrible. Um, uh, you know what? It's just uh, we're talking about something I'm comfortable with. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So if you want to talk about something that I'm not comfortable with, you might get a lot of him and hawing. But gotcha. Um, yeah, the questions have been, uh, they've been great. Good. Iowa soccer. I love it. Expanding forward. Yes, yeah, so we have a we have a a guest question here. Question from uh, the audience. Is that all right? Yes, of course it all is. Right. Absolutely. Uh, during your days with the Iowa Menace, now I'm just asking this because I may have heard that this was something that had happened, maybe after your time. But let's say you're out at Wellman's West. Would you introduce yourself as a professional athlete to the fair sex? Not saying that I've heard that happen from others. Just, just a question for you as a as a as former, a as a, prof- former... as a professional athlete athlete. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. As a former men's player. I, I, I don't know if I'd use the word professional. Um. That's hard. That's that's. Oh, that's the. So last that question yes is the most no? difficult one. He's here's the Hemin and Han right he's, now. He's, he's, <laughs> I'm not Hemin and Han at all. I'm just trying to think uh, about actually. Man, you know, are you asking this for a reason? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm. Um, I'd have to say no. One sponsor trumping the other sponsor. Like <laughs> I'd have sponsor to say no. Was... No, I wouldn't. I, I, I do not believe presenting yourself as a professional athlete in that manner. No. No. If, if you were real slick, you would have flipped it on. So would you, Blake, consider yourself? We did the question thing when I asked yeah, you. you guys already didn't go over very well. Didn't, I didn't think true. two times in a row. I wanted to see good. it. Went. All right, well, All right. so Billy, we loved having you. you Thank you for yourself? having me. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. Yeah, it was a good time. Are Thank you, you for having me. Continue supporting us? Always. Yeah. Even whether whether I know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we we've got it on tape. Perfect. Iowa soccer. Thanks, Thanks Billy. Thanks yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Blake. That was pretty fun, wasn't it? That was. Well, Bill Scott is a good interview, good pal, good supporter. We love that guy. Yeah, and, you know, we have a kind of a good relationship with him, so that always makes things uh, go easy. He did a pretty good job of keeping it professional. He didn't fall prey to any of our tactics of trying to wind him up. He was good. Like you said in the interview, Ben, he's uh, trained. He's a consummate professional. He translates into his insurance business which is a good time to mention that he's one of our, our great sponsors. Uh, we were able to hold his feet to the fire and get a little more money for our uh, upcoming event too. So, you know, I mean, this guy's, he's a giver. Yeah, like you said, community. So if you guys need any, any insurance, uh, if you have any insurance needs, which obviously we all do, um, he's the man to contact, Ben, and you hopefully can give them, our listeners, the information. Well, yeah, it's Scott Insurance Services. You can find them online at www.scott dash insurance dash services.com in addition to scott insurance services we had our good friend michael roy keener in the studio old keener uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna sl- throw this one over to old seems here keener why don't you give keener's info please well michael roy keener m-k-u-e-h-n-e-r at grief g-r-e-f-e Sydney, S-I-D-N-E-Y dot com. And, you know, we kind of talked, uh, he's offering a little special right now. Um, just make sure you use the promo code KIF, K-I-F, um, in the subject line, and he will give you a heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. Uh, and then we got to give a shout to our, our boy over there, Brian Duax and his father, Tom, over there at Central City Liquors. If you guys want to be treated like family, uh, and also see some comedy. It's a great little liquor store. Uh, and they've got everything. I mean, Blake was going in there the other day buying all sorts of like fancy whiskeys, but 
you know, they definitely have some Natty and Bush Light in there as well. Some craft beer. They've got what? They've got like pickled eggs. Like they got wine. They've got any liquor you can imagine. Them snacks. They do. Weird, they have like a, they have snacks. some uh, some like a convenience store. A couple a couple things wrapped up. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's like the uh, it is the epitome of a mom and pop business. Uh, it's always one of those fun places to go. Uh, always a little banter. And I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna say this: if you mention "Kick It Forward," Tom or Brian, I'm sure will give you the uh, the discount. That's right. I don't doubt that at all. And they are great, but I'm just gonna echo those thoughts too. Those guys are great and very helpful and uh, generous. Echo, echo, echo. Uh, absolutely. So uh, maybe last but not least, if you happen to listen to this in the next 12 to 24 hours, come join us tomorrow for our big holiday soccer tournament little pickup soccer event it's pretty fun we'll have some pizzas and maybe some beers in the parking lot if uh if you're of age and uh also some great soccer as well yeah kind of a low-key laid-back environment but it does kind of get spicy there towards the end of the day doesn't it Ben? that's right we'll see We've got uh it's gonna be interesting to see who ends up in the final we've got a, a, some pretty strong teams i will not be at the final okay blake's gonna be refereeing Maybe I'll determine who ends up in the final then. Sounds like some collusion. All right, well, uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. We'll catch you in 2020. Uh, we've got all sorts of fun futsal court, mini pitch uh, information and activity going on. Uh, lots, lots. It is. Yep, there's uh, a lot of stokes in that fire. Is that, a, is that the right phrase? Or stoke the fire? Of... You definitely stoke it. We got a lot of stokes in there. We got a lot of irons in the fire. There we go. I like stokes. <laughs> stoke City. All right. Happy and holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy Hanukkah. What else? All of them. All of them. Happy all of them. <laughs>